Welcome to Ed Council Insights. This is our podcast to provide insights into new developments in the Missouri education community. If you are a Missouri school leader, school board member, or any public educational decision maker in Missouri, well, you're in the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about some recent legal developments associated with actions taken by the Missouri Attorney General on behalf of the state of Missouri. These recent actions undertaken by the Missouri Attorney General are truly remarkable amidst a remarkable time. His actions demonstrate an abuse of power and disregard for the safety and welfare of Missouri's students and staff members. Let's begin with the steps Mr. Schmidt has recently taken as the Attorney General on behalf of the state of Missouri. First, Mr. Schmidt provided a hollow defense to the Department of Health and Senior Services when its state regulations were challenged in an action brought by a restaurateur and a church. It is critical to remember that Mr. Schmidt's obligations as the Attorney General of the state include the defense of the validity of state laws, including regulations promulgated by a state agency such as DHSS. Rather than providing a vigorous defense to those regulations, or of those regulations, as the AG has a duty to do. The Attorney General's office did not actively oppose the claims that were being made that the state regulations were unlawful or unconstitutional. Some of the pleadings filed by the plaintiffs against the state were not even responded to by the Attorney General. Second, once a judgment in the case was entered against DHSS, The Attorney General quickly announced that the ruling would not be appealed by his client, DHSS. He did so despite the fact that his client, the one who, under the rules of professional ethics for lawyers, is supposed to make such decisions, wanted to appeal the judgment against it. In other words, the Attorney General made the decision that it would not be appealed, at least by his office, on behalf of the state, even though there was a judgment striking the validity of a state law, a state law that he has the obligation to defend. Third, the Attorney General then sent notice to all Missouri public school districts stating that school officials do not have the authority to issue mask mandates, quarantine orders, or other public health orders, and instructed school districts to, open quote, stop enforcing and publicizing any such orders immediately, close quote. In his letter, the attorney general misrepresented to school districts that the judgment in Cole County, the one taken against DHSS because he didn't adequately defend it, was somehow binding upon school districts and attempted to mislead school officials and the public into believing that the judgment somehow addressed the issue of school board authority to issue massing mandates or exclude students from school. To be clear, the Cole County judgment against DHSS did not involve a school or school officials or a challenge to a school board's legal authority to do anything. Fourth, the Attorney General then sent cease and desist orders to Missouri public school districts that had not followed his previous notice and had not immediately dropped mask requirements or their exclusion of students who are liable to transmit a contagious disease. 
the cease and desist orders were also coupled with public statements announcing his and his intention to sue any school district that did not comply with his instructions. The fifth point worth noting is that the attorney general has absolutely no legal authority or jurisdiction under the law to order a political subdivision of the state like a public school district to do anything. The attorney general's responsibility is to defend the validity of state laws like the DHSS regulations, not attempt, attempt to induce Missourians to ignore them or disregard them. Now let's talk about what those laws, state laws do say the ones the attorney general is supposed to be defending. State law provides Missouri public school districts with general and specific authority to adopt rules regarding the exclusion of a student if there is any liability of them transmitting a disease. So let's start with the general authority. You've got a statute on the books, which is RSMO 171.011 for those of you who might wanna look it up which makes it clear that a school board may make all needful rules and regulations for the government of a school district. Similarly, you've got some uh, two different provisions of chapter 162 in chapter 162 that indicate that the school board has government and control of its school district. And in chapter 160, you've got a, a provision that says that the school board has general control of the property and affairs of the school district. So that it's very, very clear that there's general authority to regulate the who comes onto property and under what terms. Now, let's talk about the specific authority. There's a statute on the books, 167-191, that says the following, and I'm quoting. It is unlawful for any child to attend any of the public schools of this state while afflicted with any contagious or infectious disease or while liable to transmit such disease after having been exposed to it. For the purposes of determining the disease condition or the liability of transmitting the disease, the teacher or board of directors may require any child to be examined by a physician and exclude the child from school so long as there is any liability of such disease being transmitted by the pupil. It's very clear that we have specific authority under state statutes to exclude a student who has been afflicted with a contagious or infectious disease or is likely to transmit such disease. And that's what is good public policy, to have the locally elected school board make rules and regulations that would provide for these safety issues involving the safety and welfare of their students and staff. Not only is the attorney general failing to defend these state laws that are on the books and have on the, been on the books for at least 58 years, he has a duty and an obligation to do that very thing, but it's, it's, it's even worse than that. He's taking actions that are leading people to believe that they can actively violate these laws. I'm going to give you a concrete example. Earlier this week, I received a call from a superintendent who informed me of an incident that occurred earlier that day. Apparently, the father of an elementary student who was, who was supposed to be quarantined showed up at school with his daughter, insisting that she be allowed to be there. And the father admitted that she was supposed to be quarantined, 
but he cited the attorney general's letter and kept asking if the school district had received the AG's letter. He claimed that the AG said his daughter had a right to be there, even though she had been identified as a student or as an individual who had a contagious or infectious disease. And even though the state law made it unlawful for his daughter to be on, at school, based on the public statements and actions of our attorney general, this parent insisted on violating the law. Despite the school's attempts to de-escalate the situation, the father kept citing the AG's letter and claiming that the school had no right to exclude his daughter from school, even though she was under quarantine. The father escalated the, to the point that he assaulted the principal and the school resource officer had to intervene and take the father away in handcuffs. Who's responsible for inducing this father to believe that the public school district that he, his child attended was just composed of tyrants and that they had no authority to keep his contagious daughter out of school in order to protect other students. Even though 167-191 states that it is unlawful for any child to attend any of the public schools of this state while afflicted with any contagious or infectious disease or while liable to transmit such disease after being exposed to it, this father believed he had a, a right to have his daughter there at school based on the statements of our attorney general. He re the father relied upon the rhetoric and actions of the Missouri attorney general, the highest law enforcement officer in the state. In my opinion, the Missouri attorney general is breaching his duty to the Missouri people. He is not elected to make decisions about masking requirements in schools or the exclusion of students who are likely to transmit a, a disease. The attorney general simply has no role in it. If the state of Missouri had wanted to make these decisions about masking and about quarantining requirements, certainly the general assembly or the governor could have acted at some point over the last 18 months. No. The state of Missouri, through the General Assembly and the governor, said this is a decision to be made locally by locally elected school boards. And now that the school boards have made that decision, the Missouri Attorney General, who has no legal authority to set policy or make laws or executive orders, is attempting to usurp the power of the people who actually have been elected by the people to make such decisions. All of this leads to one inescapable conclusion. As a veteran and a former assistant attorney general, I am probably more sensitive to the concept of duty and obligation of public servants than most people are. But I believe that to an objective observer, to any objective observer, the attorney general's actions and rhetoric lead to one inevitable conclusion. Eric Schmidt is abusing the power of the office of the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. And I want to close this out by just saying thank you to our listeners for taking the time. And I hope that you'll follow and share our Ed Council podcast on social media and subscribe to hear upcoming episodes on current legal topics and issues related to school law. You can follow us on Twitter 
Facebook and LinkedIn, or you can check us out at our website. Just Google Ed Council, that's E-D-C-O-U-N-S-E-L, all one word, and you'll find us there. Glad we could be together, and thanks for listening to this edition of Ed Council Insights.